The Detroit Tigers take four of five from the Minnesota Twins. Daz Cameron coming through clutch late. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday. Happy Friday. What a great, what a great way to end the week. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's including YouTube. What what a ride. The Detroit Tigers win this one three to two. Des Cameron with a two-run shot. In the eighth inning to give the Tigers the win, Gregory Soto shuts the door in the ninth. Just, uh, uh, golly, what a roller coaster. I was pretty upset most of the game. I thought the offense was wildly uncompetitive for pretty much the entirety uh, of the nine innings. Really, except for the first inning. I, I thought the offense was was rolling over pretty uncompetitive for a uh, uh, 2022 Chris Archer was very frustrating to me. Can't do anything about Duran. That dude is a cheat code. That is, you know, like the the Grand Theft Auto cheat codes you used to do when you were in like middle school and you used to sit there with your buddies and you used to do like the like the down arrow, up arrow, right, left, right, triangle, square, X, and then all of a sudden your dude would be able to jump like 50 feet in the air or would be faster than everyone or would, wouldn't take damage or you couldn't arrest him or whatever. That's, that's Durant. That, that dude's a, a literal cheat code. So like, that's whatever, you know, that's uh, a, a nobody hitting him. So whatever, if he, the fact that he, he did so well in the first inning, he, he went out there and got to pitch too solid is, is kind of frustrating, but n- nobody's really competitive against that dude. So whatever, nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. 102 with ease. He's got a, I think it's technically a splitter, but it moves like a changeup, but it also goes like 96. So it can't really be like a changeup. But I guess when his heat's at 102, it could be. And then he's got a curveball that that spins like a fastball, but then drops two feet. It, it, he's, he's disgusting. So that was whatever. Um, and, and then we did hit. The, uh, the, the back end of their bullpen there. But Chris Archer going five innings, three hits, one run, one walk, three Ks against you, I didn't think was very acceptable. And I just had to keep reminding myself, you know what? We, we took three of five from the first place team in the division. This is still a, a, a win of a series and a step in the right direction. It sucks that we're going to be going into New York on a loss, but th- there's it certainly could have been a lot worse than than three of five and I, I was kind of lying to myself because in a five game series okay in a five gamer three and two, like the difference between three wins and two wins doesn't move me it doesn't move me I know we still won the series and or we still would have won the series either way but four of five is way different in my brain than three of five and maybe that's just a me thing 
Maybe I'm just a weirdo. I am a weirdo. But, like, that just – that didn't – it doesn't move me. It does, doesn't make me feel things. Like, all right, three of five. Like, we took – we took we won a series against Minnesota. They're the first place team in the division. That's a dub. We should be happy with it. But I don't know. I Like, percentage-wise, like the different – you know, you take two of three, you just won two-thirds of the games. Right, you take three of five, like you won more than half, but you know he still dropped two. I don't know; it, it just didn't excite me. And then Daz Cameron made me not even have to worry or even have to pretend like I was excited about three of five. And he just said, "You know what? I'll give you four. I'll, I'll give you four or five. I'll let you take eighty percent of the series against the best team in the division." Beautiful, beautiful. So the offense wasn't great in this one. I, I They weren't. We, we don't have to sugarcoat it just because we won. And just because we won, that doesn't make it not true. The offense was pretty brutal. But, you know, the thing with good ball clubs, the thing with good baseball teams is even when they're not on their A game, they find ways to win. They win games when they don't look their best. That's what makes good teams good teams. Bad teams, everything has to click for you to win. The Pittsburgh Pirates just swept the Los Angeles Dodgers. There was errors out in the field by L.A. They had uncompetitive at-bats, and and the Pirates had some really good at-bats. Everything has to go right for bad teams to win. Good teams can win even when they're not on one, even when they're not going up there 100%, even when they, they do have injuries, even when... The, the, the offense is struggling. They find ways to win games no matter what. And I'm far from saying that this Detroit Tigers team should be officially labeled as a good baseball team. They're still nine games under 500. But that's four of five. That's seven of nine. It's not bad. Not bad at all. I think it's uh, it's it's four of five. It's seven of nine and it's 12 of 19 or 20 maybe it was 20 it's not a bad streak not a bad little stretch there so we will gladly take it and and we will I mean again I'm I'm not gonna hide the fact that the offense I thought was pretty uncompetitive Willie Castro, besides getting hit in the elbow to, to lead off the game, didn't put together too many great at-bats. Uh, that, that was the other frustrating thing that I, I think honestly made me more upset than if we just rolled over the entire game. Like, the first inning was was great. <laughs> Spencer Torgelson double played to, to kind of kill it, but as a whole, everyone was seeing the ball well. The torque double play was still a hard-hit ball. I was like, oh, okay, this looks good. We're riding, we're, we're riding high, swinging a hot stick. We've won a couple games in a row, three of our last four. Let's, let's, let's keep the pressure on them. And then after a really, really solid first inning, Harold Castro draws a walk, the only walk of the game for us. Jonathan Scope gets an RBI. Um, and, and then that was like it. And then, yeah, the Torkelson, uh, like I said, Torkelson double play obviously killed it. And then the rest of Chris Archer's outing, he he just dominated us. And that's I, I don't think that that should be, like, acceptable, to be completely honest with you, in 2022. He, he, he can't go more than four innings 
and he's got like an ERA around four. At least it was coming into this game. I think it's below that now, but regardless, you get the point. Should have been a little more competitive against their starter. Should have been more competitive all game. This pitching staff has done wonders, continues to do wonders. And yet the offense time and time again just can't get going. Um, I, I, I did. I mean, the Daz thing we'll get to. That, that was just electric. Uh, I, I will say a couple of things. First off, Jonathan Scope is back. Make no mistake about it. Uh, he, he is absolutely back. He has one of the har- highest hard hit rate percentages in all of baseball since like early May, even mid-May. Um, his numbers over the last couple of weeks have been phenomenal. Huge steps in the right direction. Just as a whole, he, he's absolutely back. And, and he looks really, really good and, uh, and, and competitive at the plate again, which is great to see because he's going to be an important middle-of-the-lineup bat for this team. And then Spencer Torkelson is the other person I wanted to talk about. Um, actually, really quickly, Eric Haas, too. Eric Haas has been really struggling this year at the plate, which you could say that about a lot of people so far. However, Haasie more specifically, the first, like, two weeks of the season, I thought his at-bats looked a lot better than last year in the sense that he was taking a lot more pitches. And then that kind of just all went away, and and it seems to be the kind of the same thing as Javi, where if you slow, throw a breaking ball low or low and away, it's pretty much a guaranteed swing and a miss. Um, he, he's not getting around on the fastballs inside either, which may, you got to have one or the other. You either got to be able to spit on the breaking balls low and away or catch up to high fastballs, or else you're just not going to be a, a major league hitter, honestly. Um and this game, he did turn around on one, did rip a ball, which was good. Uh, I just like that. That's a that's a good sign. We need to get him going uh, so that we can have some offense. Just we need offense any way we can get it. So getting him going would be really nice. Uh, I did want to talk. Torque was the the one I wanted to talk about. Um, he is hitting the ball very hard. He he really is. He's hitting the ball hard. And, and I, I think he looks really good at the plate. He, he takes a lot of balls. He's, he's good. He's good at the plate. It's a major league approach. He's pulling the ball hard, but it's on the ground. There's no elevation to it. Or he's putting the ball in the air to the push side. That's what it seems to be. Everything with him seems to be hit hard on the ground and to the pull side or in the air, but but to the push side and, and kind of like too much in the air and under it. It's all a timing thing. He'll be fine. But he had two of the hardest hit balls of this entire game for either team. They were just both on the ground. One was down the line. He got thrown out at second. But the other one just being down. And he, had, he had two balls hit over 107 miles an hour. Beauty. He's coming around. His batting average since like the middle of May is, is well like poor – I want to say it was somewhere above 280, maybe even like it was, they showed the graphic on Bally. It was really high. So he's coming around. Um, anyone else? Oh, Cody Clemens. Uh, look, I, I don't, I don't think he looks overpowered or looks completely outmatched there except against Duran, but everybody on the team did most people in baseball do. Um, and so I, I, I don't think he, he did have the one mishap in left that that's a problem. Um, and you know, if, if the Tigers didn't, if Daz Cameron did not play hero ball late, 
uh, that misplay in left would have been the reason that the go-ahead run scored, right? And, you know, the offense was not great, so it's not entirely his fault. But can't be allowing runs on uh, on balls there. And it, it wasn't an easy play by any stretch, and he is not a natural corner outfielder. So he's got some growth to do for sure. Um, but I, I like that the fan base didn't just, like, freak out and just go, oh, my goodness, you know, Cody Clemens is terrible. Like, there seems to be some understanding that, He's growing, and and the offense scoring one run in the first eight innings or seven innings uh, is is more of a reason to be concerned than one fly ball. He had six other putouts that game, you know, this game. So uh, at the plate, at least, uh, again, I don't think he looks completely overmatched. He had one strikeout in this one, uh, put a couple of balls in play, pulled one really hard right to the first baseman. I, I think I think he's going to come around. I think he's going to get there. Um, and honestly, with all these dudes get starting close, hopefully to getting healthy again, uh, we'll see if he's maybe sent back down to Toledo anyway. But uh, it sounds like he's at least going to make the trip to New York this weekend. So we got him for at least three more games. Okay. I think that's everyone I want to cover on the offense. I think it is. Okay. Let's get to the pitching. Uh, and then we'll just talk about the, the heroics and everything there at the end. We kind of already did the beginning, but we'll talk more about it. First, though, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at LinkedIn. Fear me talk about it before. With spring in the air, it's the time of renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questionings make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business writes LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's a lot. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for completely free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our second segment here. I almost said second edition. Second segment of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, we, I have an important favor to ask of y'all. Before we go any further, I've talked about it the last couple of days. Take that survey. Take that survey. We, we've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now and get started. It only takes a few minutes, won't take very long at all, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. You, so to take that audience survey, go to LockedOn, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. You'd think after saying it four times that I would have it down. You'd be mistaken because I'm me. All right. Let's talk baseball. What a game. Golly, what a game. Had me amped up. I, I was screaming in my li living room. I'm sure some neighbors are mad at me. I, I was saying some 
some rude things to the Minnesota Twins, I'll admit it. I, I was I was all kinds of fired up. All kinds of. What what a ball game. Alex Fiedo gets the start in this one. This is a really encouraging start for me from Alex Fiedo. And I know he, that the final box score is not the prettiest thing in the world. Uh, five innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. So here's the thing. Here's why this is such an encouraging start for me. The The command wasn't really there. He really struggled with the command all game. At one point, he just completely bailed on the changeup because he couldn't locate it at all. The slider, not fantastic command. His slider seemed to be like kind of in the region, but he, he did miss up a little bit, and, and the ball was given a ride a couple of times. But the biggest thing was the forcing command. It was either right where he wanted it or nowhere close to the glove, right? It was either a foot away or right on target, not very much in between. And I just think it's so important. Again, kind of like what I talked about with the whole team. It's so important for people and, and for young developing arms, even when they're not on their A game, to still only give up two runs in five innings, right? And, and start a game in which your team won. That, that's, that, that's phenomenal, right? So to have that part of your progression where you are maybe not on your a game you, you don't have your your best stuff and yet you're still able to go out there give 90 pitches and uh and, and only give up two runs that 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 to the division leader and a pretty darn good offense very very impressive outing from Fiedo. um the the pitch mix in this one very heavy fastball again when your command goes that tends to be what you do right like you did have you did have the slider that was thrown 30% of the time, but the four seam was thrown 60% of the time in this game. Uh 12 whiffs. Again, not bad in five innings. That's not a that's not a terrible number. And I uh, seven on the four seam and five on the slider. I was really impressed with how many whiffs the four seam was getting. It was just straight to a spot. Uh, he had a couple of called strikes on it too, but I mean, for the most part, he he was getting dudes to to swing over the fastball low in the zone, and he wasn't even really setting it up with a changeup at the beginning. Like I said, at one point, he just completely bailed on it. Uh, I, I, it it's it was impressive. I, I'm not really sure how he was setting him up like that. Maybe he the the reputation of his slider is just so uh, engraved in people's brains already that that maybe they were just sitting slider, but. He was able to get a lot of swings and misses on fastballs that were just kind of, you know, they weren't down the middle or anything, but um, just were, were in a in a quadrant rather than like a specific spot. Like he was just like, oh, I'm just going to throw a low low and inside heater here and see what happens. Uh, and, and when he was hitting his spots with it, he got some swings and misses. I, I was pretty impressed. Average exit velocity of only 88 miles an hour. He did get a lot of weak contact. And at one point, I think, they, they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast too, so so credit to, to the Bally broadcast there. But after a Fetter Mound visit, he just kind of went out there and went, okay, I don't have to get everyone to swing and miss. These guys are going to get themselves out more times than they're not. Let's just throw it in the zone and see what happens. And he would get, you know, got out of a full count by just throwing a fastball low-ish and inside-ish. It was a pop-out. Like, that, that happens. That's baseball. So while – while he is taking these steps forward, he has to refine his stuff and get the command to be slightly better. 
and uh, and get a little bit more. The, the slider is a little inconsistent at times for me. Sometimes it looks like this elite pitch that's one of the best in the entire rotation. And other times it looks like it's kind of just there to set up the fastball and it's not really like a go-to kind of a dog pitch. And in this game, I thought it was inning to inning, the slider, honestly. It was kind of inconsistent. So he does have some stuff to refine. That all being said, the fact that he was able to go out there and just grit his way to this performance without giving up a ton of like flyouts to the warning track, right? Like it wasn't like a Comerica outing either, where the only reason that he was able to go as far as he did and the only reason he didn't give up more than two runs was because the Twins were just like crushing him and Comerica is just a huge park. Like, no, it was it was routine flyouts, like maybe hard hit grounders at times, but it, it was an impressive performance. And I just think when when your command is a little off like that, if the floor is around that, what we've seen, because this has been a couple of starts now where we've kind of had this type of outing. If this is the floor, the, the ceiling is going to be really damn exciting. So I'm pretty pumped about Fiedo. Uh We'll go through the bullpen really quickly. And then we will talk uh, about other news and notes from the organization and in this game because we I still want to give Daz Cr- Cameron his true flowers because, oh, golly. First, though, I got to tell you all about Bilt Bar. It's time. You've got to try the Built Granola Bars. They're finally here. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three flavors, you can get a mixed box at Built.com right now there are so many different bars there, there's also so many different puffs and the puffs I, I talked about at length uh what in may mostly last month uh they're all awesome and built granola bars are loaded with granola it's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness but just like bars and puffs these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100 percent real chocolate just like all built products with 150 calories 15 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. They're made with protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So, you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market. This is your time. Head to Built.com right now. Get the Built Granola Bars, three delicious flavors to try, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. Go get yours today. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back here for segment three at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including the YouTube. Detroit Tigers take this one three to two over the Minnesota Twins. Cap off a a taking four of five. Five game series against the first place team in your division, and you take four. Can't ask for too much better than that. The bullpen in this one, shocker, was phenomenal. And and it's at a point now where the bullpen they they had a graphic on Valley in in this one is in the top two in in pretty much every single bullpen statistic there is ERA WHIP runs allowed hits they're they're, they're an upper echelon truly like performing like an elite caliber bullpen and this one they go Chafin first 
I cannot express how much I love Andrew Chafin first out of the bullpen because he's proven that he can be one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Look at his last year. His 2021 was elite. And you have so many dogs at the back end that you can choose from to be able to go to one of the best dudes in baseball last year out of the pen as your first out is such a cheat code. It's it's so nice. So I, I love Andrew Chafin first out of the pen. I do. And, and that seems to be a reoccurring theme, especially if they have a lot of lefties due up. And, and Andrew's been getting a lot of, of first look out of the pen, and I absolutely love it. He goes two-thirds of an inning, one strikeout, does get the one walk, and then with a righty up to bring out Jason Foley. Let's talk about Jason Foley because he looked incredible again in this one. And that's after I said in his last outing, it, it was one of the best outings I had ever seen out of him. This one is right up there too. This, this one might have topped it. Phenomenal performance by Jason Foley. I want to see the sinker thrown 97 million times. Uh, his sinker is disgusting. It has a ton of move, move. It has a ton of movement. Let's finish the word. Uh, and it gets up to like 97 miles an hour. And I know the four seam gets up to 98, 99 even. Uh, and, and the slider is a, was effective in this one. Like it has the potential to be effective. But that sinker is filthy when it is on. And I, I just want to see it all the time. His pitch mix in this one, he threw 14 pitches, seven with a four seam, four with a sinker, and three with a slider. And the four seam has a little bit of run on it, too. It's not just like a straight pitch by any means. Uh, but I, I want to see the sinker as much as possible. I do. It's a filthy pitch. And he really showed. He's got that dog in him today. He really showed it. One in the third, two strikeouts, perfect besides, well, besides nothing. He was perfect. Phenomenal, 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 perfect inning in the third. Alex Lang. So here's another thing. Alex Lang, we, we've been very open about the fact that while Alex Lang is maybe one of the nastiest dudes in terms of pure stuff in all of baseball, he does have some command stuff at times that he's got to work through. Again, it's so reassuring and so nice to see even when Alex Lang is off and his command is all over the place, that he still didn't give up a run and pitched an entire inning. That's so nice. That's crazy cool. One run game, he walks two. The command on, on the changeup and on the fastball was just all over the place. Doesn't matter. Still gets a strikeout. Still gets out of the inning clean. So refreshing. Did, only gave up one ball that was like hit hard and like barreled up. Besides that, in the 21 pitches, it was just a matter of whether uh, it, it was in near the strike zone or not. Because the, the three whiffs in one inning of work, uh, a called strike in there. I mean, only three balls fouled off. And, and the, like I said, two put in play. One was super weak contacting. The other one was pretty hard hit. So at, at the end of the day for him, it's just going to come down to can the ball be anywhere near the zone? And if it is, he is going to be lethal. He gets the win in this one, actually. He's 4-1 and one now on the year. Look at that, Alex Lang. So I'm, I'm so beyond impressed with Lang, even with, again, the off outing. It's just, it, it's so nice to win games 
when not everyone is on their A game. And obviously you want everyone to be on their A game all the time. I'm not saying that that that's not what everybody should want and, and demand. I'm sure the players want and demand that too. Uh, but good teams and good players follow through and 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 push through and continue to to succeed and win and figure out how to get it done even when they're not on top of their game. And we saw a lot of that in this one, which is awesome. Then Gregory Soto pitches the ninth inning. I believe he's 10 and 11 on save opportunities, uh, which is crazy considering the the discourse earlier in the season that, I, I mean, I was a part of, right? ZRA is now 204. He's almost got a sub-2 ERA. And I think the last six outings, last five or six outings, somewhere around there, uh, he, he's been light years better. And the sinker, it, 100 mile an hour sinker, man, like just says so much talent. Just says so much talent. And, and the thing is, because it's a sinker, a sinker as a pitch is inherently not a swing and miss pitch. It's a barrel missing pitch. You throw that to get a weak ground ball. You get that to get a weak fly ball. You know, you get you throw that pitch to induce a double play. It's not a swing and miss pitch in its nature. But when you throw it 100, it has the ability to be a swing and miss pitch. And on top of that, it has the ability to just get routine fly balls. And we saw that with a couple of fly balls to Daz Cameron in right field. Uh, one of them via the sinker also threw the four seam a lot in this one. And I think that's part of the reason that you've seen him take that step forward lately because Fetter is, is unbelievable. Fetter, I, I, for my money is the best pitching coach in the game of baseball. And I, I think there is a direct correlation between when he, st- when Gregory Soto started getting his act together and when he started throwing the four seam more often than his sinker. And I think that that's probably a fetter thing. All phenomenal. What a game. Daz Cameron. Like I said at the beginning, man, I I really was just trying to convince myself that I wasn't going to be upset about it. I was like, all right. Still took three of five. It's going to be all right. And then Daz Cameron just made me lose my mind in my living room. Uh, and then I was pacing the entire ninth inning. That's a big, That that's a, that's a, Big dog win. That's a big dog win, man. That's golly. That's such an impressive win. And good teams figure out how to win ball games. And oh boy, is that going to be put to the test this weekend? I believe we are getting Cole Severino Montgomery, and we are throwing out. Brisky, Ronnie, and who else? I don't even remember who else. I have the tweet somewhere. Um, but when we're looking at the the difference between the pitchers that we are throwing out versus the pitchers the Yankees are throwing out, it's pretty intimidating. And on top of that, I believe the Yankees have the second best record in baseball, maybe the best somewhere up there at the time of this recording. Um it, it's a it's and it's in New York. It's going to be a tall task. Oh, Elvin, there you go. Friday is Elvin. Saturday is Brisky. Sunday is Ronnie Garcia against the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium. 
Some things to watch for, obviously, the pitching. I mean, if we can navigate through this weekend, they're, Chris Fetter should be inducted into Cooperstown immediately for starters. Second off, we might just be we might just be good. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing I want to look for this weekend is Bo Brisky in Yankee Stadium. This is a guy that we've talked about. His whiff numbers haven't been super high. Uh, he's been... When he's been successful, it's because he's been missing barrels, not bats. And I think he's been helped out by Comerica a little bit. He, he tends to have some outings where he's got a lot of long fly balls. And outs are outs. I don't care. But in Yankee Stadium, a much smaller park, you got the short porch. You got a lot of home run hitters. It's that, that's that's going to be a tall task for for Brisky. It's going to be a tall task for everybody. Not you know, I'm not singling him out as like it's only going to be a challenge for him. It's going to be a challenge for everybody that takes the bump, bullpen included. Uh, but he's one that I'm definitely like the most intrigued with going into this weekend because um, I'm interested to see if he makes any adjustments or if he just sticks to the game plan. And we'll see if it works. Okay. Daz Cameron is him. A day after Tarek Skubal is him. Uh, what a series. Four of five from the Minnesota Twins. Nine back. Uh, I, I think they're around six out of the wild card now. And I know that's that's not like a super fun thing to like jump for joy about. But when you talk about the depths that this team was at and the fact that it June just started, we got a lot of ball games left. We got a lot of baseball yet to be played. Six back, there, there are some worse situations to be in. So let's go keep winning. If we take two of three from the Yankees, I might cry. You got to at least snag one. You got to at least snag one. Two would just be icing. But you got to at least take one. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your next listen. The Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team. And the biggest stories are on the league. Follow the daily, the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, just like this show. That's a dub, baby. That is a big dog dub. We will be back on Monday, hopefully recapping a good series against the Bronx Bombers in New York. We'll see how it goes. And regardless, I'll catch you on Monday. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll see you.